Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics, a podcast dedicated to exploring how things get places and the people who get them there. We'll talk with logistics and supply chain leaders about innovation, industry trends, and the future of the logistics business. Now, here's your host, Joe Lynch. Hey, everybody. Welcome to my podcast. My name is Joe Lynch. Today's topic is selecting an e-commerce fulfillment partner with AJ Kanajow. Welcome, AJ. Hey, Joe. Thanks for having me. So, AJ, before we get into e-commerce fulfillment partners, why don't you tell us a little bit about you and your company and where you're located? Yeah. So I am the CEO at Fulfilled. We are an e-commerce fulfillment company with a focus on shipping products for e-commerce direct to consumer. We're based in Huntsville, Alabama. Nice, nice. So before we get into selecting an e-commerce fulfillment partner, tell me about your background. Where'd you grow up? Where'd you go to school? What'd you major in in school? Yeah, I went to Auburn University, grew up in Huntsville, Alabama. And at Auburn, I studied industrial engineering. It was one of those degrees that gave a, a very good overview of a lot of different industries and a lot of different processes. It was a little more business focused than your typical engineering degree. Which worked out well for you. So tell me, what was your first job? Was it in logistics or something else? No. So my first job out of college was actually in the business intelligence space for a consulting company. And I, I moved into logistics shortly thereafter, working for an automotive company based out of Huntsville. And I was initially in the quality department as a quality engineer. And what that gave me was the opportunity to travel all around the world and really look at a lot of different 3PLs. And being in that automotive space, it's, it's very dependent on the supply chain. Oh, yeah. I, I always say, AJ, I'm an automotive guy, my background, and they always call it the biggest, baddest supply chain on earth. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, you've got to get the product to the whatever plant it's going to and it has to be there on time. And it's a very key to any automotive company, I think. Yep. So when did you start your company and why did you start your company? Started the business about five years ago. And initially, we were actually a manufacturer of packaging for the U.S. military. And that was about as exciting as it sounds. And so we almost fell into the fulfillment space. We had a customer outside of the government that we were doing some packaging for. And he called me up one day and said, you know, I've sold all this stuff. I just don't know how I'm going to get it to them. So, you know, there we were running to the post office and trying to figure out, hey, how do we get all these orders into a system, generate labels, and took it from there and really saw a hole in the market. And, and so today we are uh, very focused on e-commerce specifically and shipping direct to consumer. And I think that's something that is very niche when it comes to a 3PL company. Yeah. And I would say uh, it's nice to have a background in packaging too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And that's, that's definitely something that's, that's helped us because, you know, making sure the product's protected as well is, is one of the keys to a good customer experience. Yep. Absolutely. So today's topic is selecting an e-commerce fulfillment partner. And I'm going to talk to you because it sounds like you know a thing or two about that. So take us through what, if you're a, an e-commerce company and you're really good at the online stuff, what do you need to do to pick a e-commerce fulfillment partner? What's the first thing? Yeah. So the first thing I would say is really sitting down and looking at all the specific services that you need from that provider and really understanding internally all your moving parts and what that partner is going to be doing. 
Yeah, I would say the same thing is, you know, you get that internal assessment to say, hey, this is what we think we're really good at. We'd like to keep in house. This is what we're not so good at. This is what should be moving out to our e-commerce partner. Yep. Really, the next thing they need to look at is that partner's location, where they are located in respect to your customers and your suppliers, what the roles and responsibilities, as in internally to your company, who's going to be doing what, deciding also whether you need to do this externally or you'd like to do it internally. And I think that's a, a tough one for a lot of different companies. When you are analyzing you know, internal, external, doesn't matter. You, you really need to look at the technology piece of it and understand how your e-commerce platforms integrate with their systems and as well as the cost and the transition. Lots to look at even before you talk to anybody about your your business. So what's after that? What's after the, your internal assessment? So after the internal assessment, you really want to look at the cultural fit. I think that's really important for how your business fits within the culture of that e-commerce fulfillment partner. Does the management team, are they focused on e-commerce? Are they aligned with your growth strategies? And I think, you know, when we were talking earlier, I mentioned I always look at when we're looking at customers, if I could hang out with them, because I know it'll be a good fit. And culturally, right. you know. I was just going to say, I think, you know, there's, I've, I use the term speed of trust a lot. And, you know, if you like somebody and you get to know them fairly well and you say, I, you start to sink a little bit in your thinking and you say, I know how I would like to be treated in this situation because I know that guy and bam, you just do it. <laughs> it's, it, it speeds things up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hundred percent, and I think you know that as long as the management's aligned, you know the people and the employees that you'd be working with at that fulfillment company, they're typically along the same wavelength. So as long as you get along with them and the company itself treats their people right, you know you're going to have a good partner in that fulfillment company. Yep, culture's everything. So next, what do they look for after the internal assessment? After the cultural fit, what do they look for next? You want to really also look at the range of services provided by that partner. So and when I say partner, you're working with a company that controls a critical part of your business. Delivering, you know, when, when an e-commerce company's customer orders a product from them, they want to receive that product quickly. And looking at the range of services that that fulfillment provider offers whether it's you know managing the supply chain, bringing product in from Asia, providing you with custom packaging, kitting and assembling that product, making sure that they offer all of the services necessary for your supply chain to succeed. Yeah, and I would also say this is e-commerce is such a new space. When you say range of services, they better do most of the things you already need already. I don't want somebody learning on my money. Oh yeah. <laughs> Go to school on your own money. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean, and you know, that partner if if they, you know, make a critical mistake, that could be detrimental to that e-commerce business. Yeah, so what's next after range of services? Really understanding how that 3PL brings you on board into their warehouse. You know, there is a variety of industries in e-commerce, whether you're selling apparel with tens of thousands of SKUs or you are selling, you know, small electronic products and you only have 10 to 20 SKUs. Those are two very different projects to onboard. And, you know, I've seen it in the past where 
It's you're dealing with 20,000 SKUs. You've got to bring it on board just before the holidays. You've got to really work with that e-commerce company to make that transition smooth. Yeah. AJ, if I could add something, and I, I'm accustomed to working with a variety of 3PLs, and I've always kind of felt like until recently, we didn't do a very good job with bringing on new customers. So there's training involved, there's technology integration. You need kind of a project management discipline where you say, I'm assigning a project manager to be a sponsor. We're going to treat this like an important project because it is an important project. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things we do at least is really we sit down and look at, okay, if this customer is a large SKU count, we have different processes that are aligned to each industry because you just can't have the exact same process. So it needs to be somewhat customized to that business because every company has different requirements. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. That's why you get a project management discipline. You create a project plan and you, you execute. Yep. 100%. So after implementation and onboarding, what's next? What else should they be looking for in an e-commerce partner? One of the keys to e-commerce fulfillment is the technology. So you've got a lot of older 3PLs that are trying to adapt their existing systems to work with e-commerce. And those older systems, you know, they were mostly B2B, you're shipping, you know, truckloads a few a day. Well, now you've got e-commerce where you've got tens of thousands of orders coming into your system every day. You've got to have the system route and pick and send the warehouse workers to pick the right products, make sure they are scanned with quality and then shipped out. So you go from, from shipping, you know, LTL shipments in the traditional 3PL now to e-commerce where you've got tens of thousands of shipments every day, having the right integrations to make everything smooth and make sure data moves appropriately is extremely important. Yeah. In, in addition to that, you know, when you talk about the technology integration, it's different technology. And I always think that when you're shipping B2B, you're shipping to a professional logistics guy, a professional receiver, and you have a relationship with that guy. So you're shipping back and forth to him, you know, twice a week for years on end. You know who he is and you know he's he knows you. Now you switch to I'm shipping to homes where nobody's there or where there's a dog barking or uh, no address. It's a, you're not sending to professional receivers. It's a different world. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Although I would argue some people I know in my life might be professional receivers of uh, e-commerce goods now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, Sam. Everybody's ordering something <laughs> online, right? <laughs> yep. So... What's next after technology? So the next big one I'd say is location. You want to make sure that the 3PL partner you're working with is in close proximity, not only to your customers and suppliers, but access to the carrier's terminals as well. So, you know, actually, for instance, Huntsville for us kind of worked out nicely out of coincidence in that we've got close proximity to Louisville. Memphis and Atlanta, which are three of the United States' biggest hubs for small parcel carriers. Yeah. In addition, you're not so far from the Mexico border, which is not too bad. And you're not too far from all the ports in California or Houston. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's and it's a, it's a stone's throw away. 
I'd also say when it comes to location, you know, this is going to directly impact your your costs from that provider. So making sure you're in a state that is low cost and is good for business is very important. Oh, yeah. And I would also say, you know, I'm, I'm up here in uh, Michigan and I know one of the locations that would be a great location is somewhere near Chicago because you're close to a lot of the East Coast and the Midwest where the population is. But Illinois is a, an expensive state. So that, you know, in some ways you could argue move over to Indiana or uh, some of these lesser cost states that are more pro-business and maybe the taxes are a little lower and uh, pass that savings on to your client. So, yeah. And I think to your point, the, if you look at it from a labor rate standpoint, because at the end of the day, the, the people are going to be moving your product. So if you're working with a fulfillment company in LA, the labor rate is almost double what it would be here in Alabama. And that comes down to what you're paying that fulfillment company at the end of the day to ship your product. Yeah. And you guys have good football there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> War Eagle still. <laughs> Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I mean, it might not be Auburn, but they're all right. They're as good as my Wolverine. They can only be one the one greatest, and we know who they are. I know, I know. I'm not going to admit it, it though. It, it kills me too. Um, so, after location, what's another thing that you, an e-commerce company should be looking for in a fulfillment partner? Yeah. So, actually, this one I think is one of the most important to me, at least, is having customer service that you can count on. So customer service in that you're not having to submit a ticket on a chat or send an email and wait for a response. The ability to pick up the phone and talk to someone dedicated to your account, so dedicated account manager, is extremely important because you're essentially trusting this e-commerce fulfillment company to run your entire supply chain. And, And that's no joke when people are ordering products from them. So if there's ever issues, which, you know, there always is something. You're able to pick up the phone and say, hey, I noticed that you know maybe this piece of data wasn't flowing in correctly or maybe this order didn't ship out correctly and handle those problems quickly. I think that's extremely important. We'll get right back to the podcast in just a moment. If you sell transportation or logistics services, the Logistics of Logistics can help you sell more. Our customized program will help you understand your sales personality, including your strengths and blind spots, get more sales leads, and improve your communication and salesmanship. We can also position you as a recognized industry expert and help you reach your target audience. To learn more, visit thelogisticsoflogistics.com. And now, back to the show. Having the dedicated account management means you have account familiarity, which means, you know, I don't have to explain myself every single day. I never like when I'm given, uh, just call in our our 1-800 number and tell them your problem. I feel like every day I start over again. Or just as bad, I love technology. We all want to be able to check things online. But if I pick up the phone, I don't want them to say, oh, you don't have to talk to us. Just go online. Technology isn't a replacement for people. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. And I think, you know, I I think I mentioned to you earlier, uh, you know, it's like every time I have a problem with a piece of software or something, you make a phone call, you get cut off, and then you got to start over again, like you mentioned. So it's frustrating, but, but having a direct point of contact that is involved with your products, knows them, and works with you directly is extremely important. Nice, nice. I totally agree. So next, what's the next thing that you, after dedicated account management customer service? I think we had touched on this briefly earlier, but having experience 
in the e-commerce space is very, very important. Like I said, traditional 3PLs are mostly just used to transporting LTL freight from one, like you had mentioned, one uh, business to a receiver at another business. And this is a very new, e-commerce is very new for a lot of companies. So making sure that the 3PL you choose to work with is focused and dedicated on e-commerce and knows e-commerce well is very important. So I think one of the things that when you talk about e-commerce experience, there's a lot of transportation logistics companies now saying, hey, we'd like to get into e-commerce. But when 90% or 99% of your business is in truckload or LTL or uh, traditional warehousing, I don't think you necessarily have the focus to be in the e-commerce business. I mean, unless they're going to really spend some dedicated, put some dedicated people on it and say, we're going to maybe even get a new subsidiary. It's hard to change your focus. Yeah. And and I think from a pure technology standpoint, I mean, when we talk to big retail customers all the time who come back to us and say, you know, we're bad at e-commerce. Our supply chain isn't made for it. We're losing money. And it's true. You're taking a system that you've used for so long and your entire business is trained on and trying to adapt it to pick not cases, so individual SKUs and pack them into the right packaging and generate labels. It's it's hard to do in a large organization to make that shift. Yeah, there's a technology mismatch for sure. And this is, I'm going to generalize for a second. I'm a 50-something guy, so I can uh, generalize my group here. We didn't grow up with e-commerce. And, you know, to put a guy who's maybe 60 years old in charge of uh, who's running a division and who might not buy anything online and say, yeah, now all of a sudden you're going to be the guy to talk to with this new e-commerce division. Uh, That would bug me a little bit. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's a 20 something, 30 something biz. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, and, 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 you know, that ties kind of back into everything we've talked about as well as, as having that culture and the right fit to understand all the moving parts. Yeah, that guy's still asking his kid, hey, can you give me my Amazon password so I can go <laughs> online and buy something? <laughs> <laughs> so after that, what's the next thing after having e-commerce experience? Yeah, so I think the next thing to look at is the operation itself. You know, how good are they at what they do? Do they have uh, defined processes for, you know, onboarding, like we mentioned, but not only that, picking and packing? Does their technology and order management system, does it allow you to view things in real time and, and look at metrics? Because, again, data is, is really the king here, especially in the e-commerce space. Being able to look at these KPIs, do they provide you with reporting that, will help you succeed because the more you succeed, they should succeed. Yeah. So uh, what do you mean by KPIs? Just for those who don't know what that stands for. Key performance indicators. So critical information and reports that you need to know in order to optimize your business. Yeah. And I always like to say that KPIs are uh, the most important and only the most important metrics grow up to be KPIs. Yep. 100%. (laughs) 100%. And then, you know, on that note, on the, you know, operational excellence piece as well, it's do they have the relationships and the networks with the small parcel carriers, which are critical in the final mile delivery of your product? If they have those relationships, they'll be able to answer all of your questions and get you information pretty quickly when you're talking to them. Yep. Can't get away with the without 
having that operational excellence. And I will just throw this out there. And again, maybe I'm generalizing again, but when you think about e-commerce companies, I know they're very good online. That's what they do. They aren't necessarily operational experts when it leaves offline. So they kind of need an e-commerce partner who says, hey, don't worry, you don't have to be the experts on operations. We are. Yep. No. And that's very, very important, especially when selecting. And like you'd said earlier, don't, don't learn on my dime, right? Exactly. So what's next after operational excellence? From there, I'd say, you know, definitely use the tools available to you, which is, you know, the internet to look at their reputation and their references. And, you know, don't, don't even hesitate to ask them for references. We've been asked, you know, a number of times, Hey, you know, can we talk to some of your current customers? And we're always very open to that. Another good tool I think is, is looking at Google, of course, but also LinkedIn, you know, ask about the size of the company, look at, their employees and who you're talking to, are they, you know, you can judge a lot by their LinkedIn. Are they happy? How big are they? All of that comes into play. Yeah. I think we talked about this before offline when we were prepping for the podcast is I talked to a lot of transportation logistics companies and somebody was exaggerating the size of the company. And I went on LinkedIn, I found like not very many employees. And I was like, there's no way they're that big with this few employees. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, and I think I think you know a lot of people do that, but now you can't really hide anything, right? Right. I would also say while you're looking online, is you know you're going to look at their website, you're going to look at Google, potentially Google things. It's nice to see content. It's nice to see that they they have a point of view on stuff too. Yeah, and I think that's something that you know we at the field have started getting trying to get better at is is really producing content that is helpful in the e-commerce space. And I think it is very important and uh, 100% to, to really know that they know what they're talking about, not just yeah, you're sharing your expertise. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you're sharing their expertise. And that's what we're all trying to do. It's not easy. But yeah, it's, it's not a bad thing to see. It's not the only thing. Yep. So tell me ne- what's next. So what else should I be looking for in an e-commerce partner, my fulfillment partner? So I think the, the last one is, is really important is looking at their contract. As you know, you know, looking at a contract tells you a lot about a certain company and you really want to focus in on, is it fair? Or is the company that you're looking at, does their contract charge you all kinds of ridiculous fees? And are they super transactional about it where you don't know what your bill is going to be if you ship five products? You know, so... I think making sure that that is a very upfront and transparent contract is is very important. Yeah. And I also like alignment. You mentioned to me that we don't get paid if they don't move stuff. <laughs> and I think, yeah. I think that's fair. You know, it's, it's, I can't imagine anything worse than saying we had kind of a bad month. And by the way, we paid our 3PL fortune. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. I mean, and you know, our revenue, for instance, is directly tied to how much product that the e-commerce company ships. So we're very much a partner and extension of their business in that we want the e-commerce company to succeed because that's the only way we would succeed. That's alignment right there. (laughs) So you said that's the last one. So, you know, to just review here for, I'll review and then you think about the closing statement here. So, you said they should start with an internal assessment. I totally agree. Next, they should kind of look for a cultural fit. Good. Range of services. Make sure that the e-commerce fulfillment partner does the things that you need. Implementation and onboarding, the training, the 
absolutely important. Technology integration was the next one. Location, dedicated customer service or account management. I like that. E-commerce experience, good. Areas of specialization, operational excellence, reputation and references. That's checking them on Google and LinkedIn. And then the last thing you said was contracts. Pretty extensive list, but I think it sounds pretty good. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it certainly covers a lot. And I think as long as all those things are looked at, you can be certain that when you're looking for an e-commerce fulfillment company, you'll, you'll find someone solid. Yeah. And you really should make a list. I'm a big believer. I've helped a lot of people select 3PLs over the years. And I always think, start with that list, you know, do, make it a whiteboard exercise and figure out what do we really want from this? Because if you don't have a criteria for choosing, eh, your selection process is flawed. Yeah. And I think actually one of the, and I'm a big, big fan of whiteboards. One of the things that I would definitely do is get your entire operation team in and Maybe give them all sticky notes and have them write on each sticky note what's important to them. And you can eventually, you'll have a bunch of sticky notes on a whiteboard that you can group into certain things that are important. And you'll really see what is either today's frustration or what is really important in picking that company. Absolutely. It's a good start. And, and you hit on something that I think is super important. Your 3PL has to make a lot of people happy. So you got to get the whole cross-functional team involved. Get finance involved. Get Get your sales guys involved. Everybody who's touched by this process has to be involved. Get all the stakeholders in the same room at the same time. Yes, absolutely. And because, you know, again, that partner who is your fulfillment partner is almost the beating heart of the business. You've got all the sales, you've got the right brand, but you have to make sure the product gets to the end customer. And that's very much a, a beating heart of any business, right? So so your entire team is involved in that process. Okay, AJ, thanks so much for sharing your expertise and your knowledge with my audience. And before we wrap this up, so tell us what's going on over at Fulfilled. And by the way, tell everyone how you spell Fulfilled. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So it's spelled Fulfilled, F-U-L-F-Y-L-D. And so actually, we, we do have a new program that we're launching here this month where we will actually pay our customers back between $10 and $30 for each order that is not shipped on the same day. So we're promising that we will ship every order that comes into the system by 2 p.m. on that exact same day, which in turn gives your customer a better experience. And so we're really doing that as kind of a commitment saying, hey, we know fulfillment, we have the processes in place and we know what we're doing. And you know what? If we don't, hold us accountable for it. Wow, that's that's alignment right there. I get that. That'll get the boss's attention. How many orders didn't get shipped today? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, we've tested it with some clients and it's it's gone very well. So we're rolling that out across the board. Well, AJ, thank you so much for taking the time. This has been uh, quite an education. I appreciate you taking taking us through this very important topic. No, thank you. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, it's been great talking to you as well. Yep. And thank all of you for listening to our podcast. You've been listening to the Logistics of Logistics podcast, where we engage in conversations with experts in the logistics field. If you're an expert and would like to be featured on the Logistics of Logistics podcast, please email Joe Lynch at joe at the logisticsoflogistics.com. 